Hey, what's up, everybody? My name's MJ, and you're listening to the MTG in Quarantine podcast. As usual, I'd like to give a quick shout-out before we begin to my local game store, Guardian Games. You can find them on the web at ggportland.com. I'd also like to give a huge shout-out and thank you to my awesome Patreons who support me over on patreon.com slash quarantine. So thank you to Mr. Big Benz, Anomaly, Draco Lucian, and Neo Royal for being awesome supporters. If you'd like to join this list and support me and making more awesome content, head on over to m- patreon.com slash quarantine for more information. Today's episode of the podcast is going to be the first of the artist profiles on the MTG and Quarantine podcast, where I bring returning guests from previous episodes on to talk not really as much about Magic the Gathering, but more about their artwork and what inspires them. So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce my first guest in this series, reintroducing infamous playmat and proxy artist and the darkly comedic Beyond the Machina. Welcome back. Hi, how's it going? It's going all right. It's good to have you back. It's been a while. Yeah, thanks for inviting me back on. It was a blast last time when I predicted the enjoyment and wonder of Strixhaven. So it's good to be back. Yeah, Strixhaven seems like it was so long ago. And honestly, when you look at the calendar, it's been, what, four months or something since it's been released? And it feels like a world uh, away. Has it been, yeah, it's been about four or five months, yeah. It's been a while, yeah. It, well, wait, three months ago was call. Well, three months ago was call time. D&D came out like a month ago. So it'd be like... Five months ago, Strixhaven? Uh, yeah, months? Call yeah. Time came out in January, February, something like what? that. Yes. So so that means Strixhaven <laughs> came out nearly... Uh, uh, April Strix or Saving. so, yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, been four or five right. months, yeah. It's crazy. Time, time is weird here. <laughs> we have so many, thing- new, so many new sets, it's just hard to keep track of when the standard legal sets dropped. Time is weird both in quarantine and in Ohio. Oh, yeah. I, I can't explain it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, again, we did talk about Strixhaven on our last episode, but I wanted to use today as an opportunity to talk more about you and your work as an artist. So, again, I know most of my listeners probably haven't had a chance to look at your art, so this is a perfect time to be able to really introduce what you do and some of your more infamous pieces of work that we were talking about in the pre-show. So, again, you, you're you mostly known for your playmats, your proxies, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because of your very distinctive, kind of dark, comedic style, sarcastic style uh, for, for a lot of your art pieces. And I just really wanted to start off the conversation by asking you where you really got your start. When was that point where you really thought, you know, I have a distinctive art, art style, I feel, feel inspired, this is what I feel like doing. When Could, could you kind of walk me through that process? Yeah. So I started doing... Magic the Gathering inspired stuff roughly 2016, but when I first started it, it was kind of, it, it, it was good, but it was kind of identity list. It was a little bit cartoonic, a little bit, a little bit cartoony, a little bit playful, but it was just like doing stuff at college for friends of mine. Like I made us all custom planeswalkers. I made like angel tokens and stuff like that. And then after I went through a major depression and had to drop out from college for a mix of both mental health and financial reasons. I was just trying to reconnect with some friends, trying to like regain some sort of grasp on sanity and like, oh, these are people I can trust and people I can talk to. And so I made three artworks. One of which was kind of basic, one of which was just kind of similar style, but just black and white because it's all that I had at the time. 
and two of which were indicative of where things would go. So the three I made was an Atraxa artwork, a ensnaring bridge artwork, and a ad nauseum artwork. Okay, obviously the favorite of Alan over mental misplay. <laughs> there. Yeah, the the ad nauseum was like the most notable start because. It's a very, like, horror-inspired, gnarly character, like, ripping off his skin as there are, like, tentacles and tendrils coming out from the darkness with eyes and bookcases. But, like, it's drawn in a very, like, cartoonish style. Not, like, really graphic and violent. It's still dark and weird, but, like, Mm -hmm. it's not terribly so. And that's kind of where things would go further. And that's just kind of, like, my personal sense of humor is just a little bit dark, a little bit jaded, and sometimes a little bit pessimistic. But I, there's still a lot of hope and still a lot of humor in things. I, that's, one of the ways I've coped with uh, various traumas and problems is just through a mix of both humor and horror. So... With those two sort of things, I try to channel that into some of my artwork. And some of my proudest artwork kind of follows that theme. So after I did those three, I got the Paradox Engine, and then I got banned. (laughs) But the Paradox Engine, I was watching a bunch of Claymation, and it's this like paradoxical, impossible triangle inside of this vaguely anatomically-looking material thing and like it's weird it's trippy it's cool looking and then i made a few other artworks and then i made cranko mob boss okay and the cranko looks like it's straight out of like a sin city comic but cranko has this like cheeky little grin and he's looking towards the camera and it yeah but after those ones i made my most infamous map which i kind of have a love-hate relationship with but I love it more than I hate it. And it's this plain white playmat. Or this play white design. I mean, on Ink Gaming, there are colored versions, but the regular one's plain white. With the exception of a tipped over salt shaker and a pile of salt, and then a caption in Times New Roman in the top corner Did you know a player may concede the game at any time? That's all it is. Mm hmm. And, yeah, that's what kind of skyrocketed me to where I am now. That's yeah. how I pay rent, which I'm very thankful for. Well, that's definitely a good thing. And I know we talked about this in the pre-show, but, yes, I've, I've been a fan of that Salt Playmat for a long time. Because, again, as we've seen in the Twitter discourse, trademark, uh, recently, or, <laughs> you know, only always, people get salty about anything and everything these days. And it's, it is kind of funny to to see your playmat, your art, effectively kind of reflecting one of the main pillars of our game that, you know, if you don't like the game, you can always concede the game at any yeah. time. It's you kind of... <laughs> if it's bothering you, you don't need to play it. You can stop at any time. This is your choice. Yeah, it definitely is. And I mean, it's... I, I really enjoy this kind of self-referential, kind of self-deprecating humor that it points towards us as Magic players because it's just it it kind of reminds us how 
silly some of our conversations, our arguments can be sometimes when it ultimately is just a card game. I mean, yes, we did talk in the pre-show about how we all get salty about certain things. We all end up with yeah. games where, you know, we just get locked out for one reason or another. It happens to me a lot, typically when I bring in silly decks against more optimized stuff and I end up kind of getting locked out of the game because of my own terrible deck building in those cases. But, you know... Mm-hmm. The, the the funny thing is just that it it is so self-referential that yeah. y- you're basically saying you know salt i yeah. could quit i i could quit if i wanted to but i'm not gonna quit even though i could yeah. totally do that yeah, yeah. it's it's it, it, I, it, I i do enjoy that that art i haven't made an i've i've made an artwork as blatantly satirical as that one in a while but i have made a handful of cdh deck lists that are pretty snide Ooh, and, interesting. Tell us more. Yeah. All right. So I, I love playing CDH. Mm-hmm. I, I love its high intensity. I love its four players all trying to solve a puzzle faster than everybody else. I, I love that sort of interaction, that sort of community and communication. As we are all playing the most optimized way we can and all that. So... Um, I just enjoy it, period. But what I enjoy more than CDH is satire. Being at, like, Doctor Strange Love is one of my favorite movies. I'm a big fan of, like, The Far Side and Calvin and Hobbes and stuff like that. But, um, so when the, uh, wheels getting banned, like Wheel of Fortune, uh, Windfall, Hole Breacher, when the talk of that stuff getting banned was happening... A friend and I brewed up a list that was CDH-powered. You could play at a table, and you could compete and do well. But, like, it didn't really have a plan. The plan was really only to play wheel spells and copy them with Kark the Thumbless. Okay. That That's 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 the plan. That, that, how does it win? Uh, value. What sort of value? I don't know. It's, it's a deck full of a lot of good pieces, and it's built competently, but it doesn't really have a point where it's going. Okay. And I, I call it the Circus of Values. Or the Circus of Value, as a reference to Bioshock. Well, I've shared that deck twice, publicly. Um, I mean, I've had it all times on Twitter, but I did one big post before the whole Breacher ban on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I, I specifically asked, what are people's thoughts on the deck? What do they think of the deck? How do they think it'll perform? How do they think it'll do? The entire conversation was only around if wheels were getting banned. Nobody ever gave advice for the deck. Which was hilarious. I blatantly made a deck that was like just meant to sort of invoke this conversation. Or like play off of it Mm -hmm. and like a handful of people got the joke and they thought it was hilarious i i consider myself friends with a lot of those people and uh, it's great well (laughs) most people like they didn't get the joke or they fell kind of into it and then after whole breacher got banned i edited the deck and got rid of whole breacher from it and i'm like look with all the discourse around wheels and such not getting banned, here's this deck. I pretty much copy and pasted the description 
minus like a few changes from the first time I posted it, pre-wheel banning, to post-wheel banning. Mm-hmm. And the only difference in the deck was that Holebreacher wasn't there. Asking the same questions. And people were just commenting about how Holebreacher shouldn't have gotten banned. Yeah, that, that whole conversation was a can of worms in its own right about Holebreacher. <laughs> I think it deserved to get banned. It was a terrible card. I mean, it's a very powerful card, but it's a terribly toxic card, and it just does not make games that fun. And I'm saying that as someone who had a foil one. Sure, sure. Like a nice foil one. And I I heard that that one didn't end up very well. <laughs> <laughs> it did not. So, the, the, the end of that whole preacher. So, I jokingly said, wow, I now have this useless piece of cardboard. Foil whole preacher. Uh, and so I jokingly said, oh, if somebody pays me to, I'll use it to light up a cigar. You know, still making fun of the whole breacher banning and the people who were complaining and moaning over that. Well, somebody did. They, they prefer to remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. But somebody paid for me to light the whole breacher on fire. Mind you, whole breacher went from like $30, $40 to like 4 I think foil was like 7 or 8 but like still... Yeah, pretty much somebody just paid for this eight dollar, nine dollar cigar I had, and that's it. So trading a cigar for a whole breacher, and I lit up the whole breacher, took a video of it. I tried to make a TikTok of it, but the uh, TikTok was flagged for uh, safety hazard reasons <laughs> twice. <laughs> so oh, that didn't end well. Yeah, but I I lit a cigar with a whole breacher. And it was it was very enjoyable. The whole breacher lit up real quick, and it was great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it, as funny as it sounds, it definitely fits in with with your style of humor. Having having followed your artwork for a while now, it's it just fits that same same kind of the dark humor that we've been talking about already. The satire. And then it's just straight up the fact that I can't believe they actually burned a whole breacher on a cigar. And then you watch the video and, oh, my God, you actually yeah. did. And this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Oh, it was a fantastic man. cigar, a lovely evening. And then, and, and, and then the silly thing that it got uh, flagged on TikTok multiple times. Yeah. That, that's just yeah. like icing on the cake there. So since it got flagged on TikTok, I took the next logical route of where to post it. Now, Reddit is a terrible place. <laughs> I, mean, I, brow- I browse it for news. I browse it for news and, like, memes and such. True, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Niche interest that, like, sure, it's on Twitter. Sure, it's on other things. But, like, Reddit's a little bit more organized. But overall, Reddit's a kind of a terrible place. Well, one of the worst uh, Reddit subreddits is Magic TCG. Posted mm-hmm. it on there. It got removed. All right, fine. Whatever. Posted again. It got removed. Okay, fine. Surprisingly, I did not get banned. Which is weird, because most people in my position as a content creator, they get, like, razor banned, like, super fast from there. Yeah. I don't know how I have it. Uh, yeah, but, uh, it, just for the listeners out there, this is also the reason why you'll never find my content on Reddit, because I just don't care. Yeah. but uh, So I posted it on, on Magic the Circle Jerking. Now, most of the satire on Magic the Circle Jerking is, like, harmful or like bullying it's a lot of the people i like to make fun of or i just don't like playing with Mm -hmm. but in the search of internet points and in the search of seeing how 
how these people would react. I posted it on there. It didn't get much traction, but boy, were some people pissed. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely imagine on, on some of those groups where, you know, I spent... Not only was the whole Breacher ban just controversial just in the same Twitter sphere as the you and I end up running in, which I would consider are, can be toxic in their own way. But yeah, from what I hear, Reddit, that, that's some messed up stuff. Yeah. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, okay. moving, on, moving on from the whole Breacher uh, ban and all that. What are some of the other pieces of artwork that you've worked on over the last couple of years that you're really proud of and you'd like to share here for the listeners? Uh, probably the ones that come most to mind that I'm like the most proud of that I, I, I share in portfolios and such. Um, probably the first one that comes to mind, and partially because like it's my favorite, and partially because like, there's a proxy of it right in front of me, is my Gitrog monster artwork. And like that also has the same sort of little like tongue-in-cheek charm that I, I love drawing i love exploring i love observing in different media and uh, it's like this big hulking almost like scp like frog beast hidden in shadow this huge thing and then from that shadow it kind of leads into this tiny little frog just chilling just, just relaxing there and I I had so much fun with that artwork, and like it's loosely inspired by one of my favorite movies, being Gremlins. Okay, that that makes sense. Like the movie poster for Gremlin. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I love the movie, and also it makes sense that the artwork's inspired by it. <laughs> but uh, uh, the one of the the VHS box art, and I have the VHS for Gremlins. It shows Gizmo just like in a little box. And the the shadows are just warped claw, mm-hmm. and Gitrog is what I'm really fond of. Partially because the Gremlins reference, partially because it's this huge, hulking, horrific-looking monster, and then this cute little toad casting the shadow. Uh, that one was, I really enjoy. Um, my Karkin Sakashima artwork, I, I really love. That's also another CDH deck that I, mm-hmm. I've been on board with for a while. That's a little bit antithetical to the a lot of the CDH mentality, because like the deck seems like it's just a good meme, but no, it's actually like really powerful. But uh, my Karkin Sakashima artwork is just Kark looking really goofy in a movie theater. And then a much taller figure sitting next to him with his hands in his lap, just kind of folded sitting there. And it's it's Sakashima with a Kark mask on. Yep. So on my ink gaming, it's called the Partners because they partner with each other. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it right now. That that's pretty good. Yeah. I'm really proud of that one, partially just because like it's such a it's such an oddball artwork that I've really enjoyed making. Uh, partially because it's a reference to like some film critics. The mm-hmm. main CDH decklist database version of Karkasakushima is called Siskel and Ebert, and 
there's a picture of Siskel and Ebert where they're sitting next to each other in a movie theater watching the movie. I always, like, mirrored that. Oh, is that is that where that uh, deck name came from? I wasn't sure. Yeah, the um, the main designer of the deck, his name's Ken from Stack DDH. Uh-huh. He's also a big uh, film aficionado, and he just calls the deck Siskel and Ebert because it's two thumbs up. Oh, uh, insert groan noise, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I call my uh, Kark and Sakashima deck Fed After Midnight. That's a Gremlins reference. Okay. Because once you play, once you get Kark uh, wet playing like a clone spell, he multiplies, and then all hell breaks loose. So that, that's kind of where the name for mine came from. It also helps that Kark looks like a gremlin. Yeah, that definitely helps. Yeah. Goblin, gremlin, they're kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. Uh, at least, like, overall, the MTG gremlins look like aardvarks with little grabby hands. True. True. But, yeah. I mean, the MTG gremlins are, like, accurate to, like, real-world gremlins, so they would, like, sneak into technology and destroy it causing all sorts of mischief and shenaniganry. But I think the design is stupid, so whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, and before we end this profile, I'm just curious, do you have any projects that you're working on right now that you wish to share or just some ideas uh, you might have for future work that you can share with us right now? So what I'm working on right now, or should be working on right now, I, I'm not working on it now because the podcast, but like the, the palette is right next to me is I have a huge artwork I'm working on for um, Necropotence. Mm -hmm. Where I'm going to do something a little bit bizarre that I haven't done before with that one. But the main bit of it is a uh, really intricate skull design uh, painted with the blackest black, or black 3.0. So, that's cool. And... I want to do some weird stuff with it that I'll leave up to surprise. And then I have a artwork I'm doing for a esports event I'm helping run in a few weeks. I need to work on later. Then I have some private commissions that are for various groups I work with magic-wise. And then the next artwork I'm probably going to work on just for my own enjoyment would probably be... Oh, I'm trying to think. I need to make Kai Car. I need to make Kai Car for a friend of mm -hmm. mine. And that one I'm going to have some fun with because my friend Nick has the same sort of sense of humor as I do. We've actually done streams together where we've eaten, like, weird, nasty food. Like, not rotten, but, like, yeah, it's technically still good, but you really shouldn't be eating it. <laughs> we've eaten stuff like that, played Smash Bros. for money. Uh... Trying to think of like the next one. Oh, I need to do World Fire. Yep. Because that one's getting really expensive. And is also, I heard, been in the news lately. Yeah, it got unbanned. So, <laughs> Golos got banned. That's that's an artwork I, I'm also proud of. It's just a dabbing cartoon version of Golos. So, before he was banned, I made the artwork just kind of as a joke, ironically. And then after the art, I mean, after the card got banned, I'm sharing it around as a. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I need to work on Worldfire because my thing is if there's a card I want to play that I feel like I'll play a bunch of, 
I try to make my own proxy of it if it's over like forty dollars. Makes sense. So, like in front of me, I have Dockside, I have Intuition, I have Lion's Eye Diamond, I have Soul Ring. Man, well, I mean, Soul Ring is not expensive, but like it, it's one you got to do if you're a proxy artist. You know, everyone sure, sure, sure. One. It's like the rite of passage. Oh, you're a proxy artist. Where's your Soul Ring? Ah, cool. Plus, some of those copies of Soul Ring are definitely getting up there in cost too. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think of the next one I want to do after my commissions. Yeah, it's sound- the only one I can think of. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of good CDH staples, if nothing else, in that list. Yeah, yeah, like most of my clients are in the CDH circles, and I play CDH a lot. I'm not a well-known CDH deck builder. I have some decks published on BudgetBrews.club. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Oh, I know the next one I'm going to do. It's Cody. I need to do Cody. Yep. A little book that just won't quit. Yeah. My my budget version of Cody is one of the most viewed versions of the deck. It's not the most. It's one of the most. Nice. And then Co- Cody recently won a huge tournament in europe somewhere i don't know the exact country right the now. tier one con i think it was called yes mm-hmm. so cody is on my list so that's that's the one i'm probably going to do after my commissions but dealing with a lot of work and life stuff so commissions are going slower than i'd like but after we're done speaking i'm gonna try to get one done and watch one of my favorite movies all right, well, I'll leave you to that. But before you go, could you tell the listeners out there where they can find your artwork on the internet? And especially if they're interested in one of the Salt Playmats or any of the other playmats you have on Ink Gaming, where can they find that? Yeah, so um, a lot of my stuff, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Beyond the Machina, only there's no E in the the. So it's Beyond, like B-E-Y-O-N-D, mm-hmm. then T-H, and then M-A-C-H-I-N-A. That's on Twitter. Instagram, it's just at Beyond the Machina. Uh, I have a Patreon at Beyond the Machina as well. I should update it more than I do, unfortunately. <laughs> it's crazy life, crazy stuff going on. And then every other sort of things I have, including my Ink Gaming. On Ink Gaming, you could just search my name or just even search the word salt, and it should be the first thing that comes up. But um, everything else is under my link tree, which is just... Uh, L-I-N-K-R, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash beyond underscore the underscore Machina. And that does have uh, an E in it this time. Yes. Okay. The only one that doesn't have an E in it is Twitter, because Twitter is uh, asking about their character limits. Twitter is Twitter. Well, what else can you say? Yeah, exactly. And if you'd like to find more uh, about the MTG and Quarantine podcast, you can find me on Twitter at, at MTG and Quarantine. If you find the very happy-looking Ulamog wearing a pair of headphones, you found the right place. You can also hear the entire back catalog of the entire MTG and Quarantine podcast on the usual podcast outlets. That's Google, Apple, Spotify, Player FM, CastBox, Podcast Addicts, MTG Cast, and many others. So I want to thank you again for being on the show. It was great having you. Great to talk, yeah, great to talk to you about all of those pieces of art that I've seen for a long time, but just never really got around to asking about. So it's so it's good to finally be able to, to just talk yeah. to you about that, learn more about your inspiration, and just you know talk about that whole breacher of nothing else. 
<laughs> Thanks for having me back on. It, it's been a blast. It was it was really enjoyable last time, and it's really enjoyable this time. And I've been listening as much as I'm able to when I'm not working, or sometimes when I am working, just put it on. Uh, I think Spotify is what I listen to you on. Yep. And do work and zone out the anomaly one i really enjoyed listening to oh thank you i really enjoyed that episode too again for the listeners out there if you haven't had my an opportunity to listen to my conversation with anomaly definitely check that out it was a great time just talking about getting started with magic and just trying to overcome some of the hurdles you you face as a beginning player trying to get into the scene so great conversation i had a lot of fun but i also had a lot of fun here talking with you today thanks again thank you. and thank you. yeah Always a pleasure to have you on. All right, and I hope you enjoyed listening to the MTG and Quarantine podcast out there today. My name's MJ. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.